Welcome to the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast, a free resource for gymnast parents and coaches to learn to fuel the gymnast for optimal performance and longevity in the sport. I'm your host, Christina Anderson, and I'm a pediatric and adolescent registered dietitian, sports nutritionist, a former gymnast, a current nationally rated gymnastics judge, and a wife plus dog mom. I help gymnasts and their parents learn to fuel without the stress or overwhelm so that they can reach their big goals and dreams both in and out of the sport. We want to help parents take a proactive approach to nutrition, and to do so, this podcast is all about hashtag real talk, where we tackle tough subjects about nutrition, body image, and more in the sport of gymnastics. All right, let's dive in. You are listening to episode three of the Gymnast Nutritionist podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode. Today, we're going to talk about simple meal planning for the gymnast, right? I feel like it often is similar to calculus when it comes to parents trying to plan nutritious and filling meals and snacks for their gymnasts for a variety of reasons, right? I think number one, gymnasts need a lot more nutrition than their peers, especially when they're training you know, 20, 25, 30 plus hours a week. But secondly, a lot of gymnasts face um, quite the logistical hurdle when it comes to scheduling, whether they are homeschooled or they go to regular school. Um, A lot of gymnasts are gone the whole day, which requires a lot of foresight and really having to pack and plan. And they may not have refrigeration. They may not have a way to heat food up. Um, So it can be really difficult and overwhelming to make sure that your gymnast has not only enough nutrition, but also foods that she enjoys. So I want to help you guys quickly come up with kind of a weekly meal planner per se. And I'm just going to walk you through um, what I use for my own family, what I teach my clients, kind of whose role is whose when it comes to food. What do you do if you have a picky eater? And I definitely want to touch on satisfaction and kind of what I call the fun foods, which are still a really important part of our eating. So I think when it comes to meal planning, there's often two sides of people when it comes to meal planning, meal preparing, right? There's one side who is totally freestyle with their meals and snacks every day. Their love language is providing their families with delicious food. They love to cook and it just doesn't seem like a burden. The other side is probably most of us, you know, busy parents that Um, need to do some cooking ahead. And if you don't, then it kind of looks like just running through the drive-thru, probably more nights than you'd care to admit, which not that there's anything wrong with that, but at the same time, it probably gets expensive, right? And we want to make sure that we're providing a wide variety of nutritious foods for our athletes. So what is the middle ground between these two sides? In my mind, you know, I think what we can do is create this loose kind of meal plan or meal structure for the week. And I'm really like anti-meal prepping. And I've purposely used the word meal planning or meal planner because when I think meal prep, I think back to my like bodybuilding days, which was a very brief stint that I like to forget where, you know what I mean? We all like prepped the chicken and the brown rice and the broccoli and you put it in five different Tupperwares and you ate the same thing every day for dinner and the same thing every day for lunch and same thing every day for breakfast. And, you know, all the fitness trainers and gurus out there will tell you that that's just what's required to be successful and to hit your goals and that you just need to suck it up and do it. But I don't know about you, I did it for a while, and now I don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. 
At the same time though, I am super busy like the rest of you between seeing clients all day, taking care of my family. And so I do need to put a little bit of thought and effort into what we're going to eat. Otherwise it's, you know, six o'clock, six 30, and we're all standing around asking what's for dinner. So in my mind, I like to start with kind of this loose overview of the week. And I actually really like to use the app Google Keep because you can share it between people. So I am an iPhone kind of girl through and through. Apple has their grips on me, but my husband has an Android and he will never come over to, to the dark side. But Google Keep is a great app that talks to both of our devices and we can have a grocery list on there. We can have a meal plan on there. So it really cuts down on a lot of the back and forth of, hey, did you get that on the list? Or I'm going to the grocery store, what do you need? Um, we have two lists on there. We have one that's just our grocery list for the week. So anytime I'm cooking and I run out of an ingredient, I'm like, oh, I got to put it on the grocery list. That way, whoever goes to the store next or orders grocery next um, will know what to get. And then I will also plan in there kind of loose dinners and come up with some breakfast and lunch ideas just so that later in the week, I'm not sitting around saying, oh gosh, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? you know, then I can actually go back to my plan and see what I come up with. But when I do that, um, it's a very loose activity, right? I, I don't like to assign specific meals to specific days necessarily. And some of you may do that and there's not a problem with that. Um, but I know that some days I wake up and I look at the plan and I look at what I suggested for tonight and I'm like, eh, yeah, doesn't really feel like that. Or, you know, it depends on the weather, depends on our schedules. Maybe I squeezed in a, a last minute client. And so I really need to do a different dinner that night that's quicker. And so I just come up with several dinner ideas first, because from that, I'm going to build my grocery list. So I typically pick three to five dinners and I'll pencil them in throughout the week. I try to make some of them easier. Some of them may be a little bit more involved, just depending what's on the schedule for the week, what we're feeling like, kind of what season it is. Um, obviously if we do grilling, sometimes the hubby can help with that versus when it's the winter and I tend to make more soups and stool soups and stews and casseroles. Um, that tends to be, um, more of my own effort. So I come up with a couple dinners and when I'm coming up with it, I say, okay, what do we want for the protein, right? Do we want chicken? Do we want beef, fish, pork? What do we want for the protein? Cause that tends to be kind of the hardest thing to come up with or it just takes a little bit more foresight and preparation, right? You might have to thaw the meat. You may need to go buy it from the store. So once I've picked the protein, then I decide kind of what cuisine we want for that night. Do I want, you know, American? Do I want Asian? Do we want to make something Indian? Do we want to make something super cozy and cheesy? Do we want to make Italian? Do we want something fresh, kind of like a salad that has protein and carbs and has all the things in it? Um, that's kind of the next question that I ask myself is what kind of flavor per se, am I, you know, interested in for that night? And then I also keep in mind, which of these can I repurpose into either leftovers for lunch, which for me is a lifesaver when I'm back to back to back all day, seeing clients and, or which of those dinners have components that could be repurposed into another dinner, right? So maybe we grill chicken one night and serve it with, you know, a carb and a veggie and I use that leftover grilled chicken to make fried rice, or I use it to make quesadillas, or use it to make taco salads, or use it in some sort of casserole, which really cuts down on the cooking time because it's already prepared. So 
If you haven't taken out a pen and paper at this point, and if you're driving, you can come back to this when you're at a stopping place. If you're working out, um, if you're just walking on the treadmill, you could certainly whip out your phone and kind of take some notes. The first thing I would do is kind of list out three to five dinner ideas, keeping in mind, you know, kind of the level of difficulty, the level of involvement. And once I pick the protein, then I'll pick the carbohydrates. So it might be rice, pasta, potatoes. Um, we love any sort of tortellini or ravioli because they're really just good vehicles for different sauces and seasonings and dressings. Um, maybe there isn't a carb that quite fits the meal, so you add toast to it or you add pita or naan or some other kind of more interesting carbohydrate per se that can really spice it up and keep your gymnast interested. Um, then I'll think about the veggie. So in our house, we kind of rotate through some sort of salad, which I always make sure it has a really delicious dressing. Um, we have a dressing recipe for white cheddar ranch. It's actually um, formerly made by a salad company called Organic Girl. And even though their website still shows that the dressing is available, I have not been able to find it at the store for months. And even clients that I've recommended it to and they've fallen in love with it, they can't find it either. But what's great is the company actually published the recipe on their website, which I'll link to it in the show notes because it's literally my favorite dressing ever. It's super easy. Um, and it's just a great way to make veggies taste good. And I think as a parent, you know, your job is to provide the what, and it's your gymnast's job to decide, you know, if she's going to eat it and how much. But I think making things interesting, making things taste good, making sure there's this kind of satisfaction factor can go a long way in terms of them actually being interested enough to possibly try it. So we'll make some sort of delicious salad. I love salad kits. Those almost are always on my grocery list for the week because they just come with everything they need. They come with dressing, they come with cheese, they come with some sort of fun, crunchy topping. Um, and sometimes I just don't want a million different bottles of dressing in the fridge, um, especially, you know, our family is smaller, so it would take quite a while to go through them. So salads are kind of the first veggie I'll rotate through. The next would be any sort of a roasted vegetable. And if you have not made roasted veggies for your gymnast, you are missing out. And one of the big reasons that roasted vegetables are so much better than raw or steamed is because of something called the Maillard reaction. So anytime you roast something or sear it or bake it, anytime a food browns, so if you think about, you know, grilling a steak and it gets the grill marks, it gets browned, uh, maybe you're baking cookies and they get, you know, browned on top in the last couple of minutes, that browning effect is what we call the Maillard reaction. And it's when protein and sugar um, kind of bond together during the cooking process and that's what gives, whether it's baked goods or steak, this kind of sweet, kind of caramelized taste. And that's what happens when you roast um, vegetables, whether it's roasted broccoli or roasted carrots, or a really good one is roasted red bell peppers, or you can half cherry tomatoes, toss them in olive oil, a little bit of garlic salt, put them in the oven, probably 425, 450 for maybe 10, 15 minutes. And it, number one, makes them a lot sweeter, which we're born liking sweet things. So that's kind of a head start for helping your gymnast learn to like some of these foods. But the roasting also cuts down on the bitterness. And that's a, a taste profile that young children and teens are often a lot more sensitive to than us as adults, right? I mean, I think we all can remember when we first tried coffee and it smelled great, but you taste it and you're like, oh, this is horrible. This is, you know, astringent. This is bitter. 
Um, some of us still feel that way, right? I probably drink more milk than coffee in my drinks, let's be honest. Um, but some of you have acquired that taste over time. And so it's the same thing with vegetables. But I think to give our gymnasts some quick wins or at least kind of shorten um, the path to them learning to like these foods can be making them taste good. So if it's not a fun salad kit with a great dressing and cheese and all sorts of stuff to make it interesting, um, then you could roast all sorts of different vegetables as well as um, things like squashes. Come fall, winter, I love roasted butternut squash. I love roasted sweet potatoes, regular potatoes all year round. Um, and it's just a lot more interesting. And those also reheat pretty well um, if you make them ahead of time. So that's my basic template for coming up with dinners for the week. Um, we have a meal plan subscription called the Balance Gymnast Meal Planner, and it's just a collection of new meal and snack recipes each month to give you inspiration. And these recipes are designed with the gymnast in mind because we know that a lot of them are younger, right? And their taste palettes are developing. They don't quite like everything we may, um, but I think it's also really important to continue exposing them to new foods because how is your gymnast ever going to learn to like new foods if you don't serve them? And I think a lot of parents give up at some point, right? They tried to introduce all the fruits and veggies when their gymnasts were younger and you know, if by elementary age, they stopped eating them or they never ate them to begin with, then parents just kind of give up because they get tired of serving something at dinner and either um, a fuss gets made or it just doesn't get eaten and it gets wasted. But just like a lot of things in life, we need practice and we need exposure. And so I really do encourage you to continue serving and preparing those foods that your gymnast doesn't like yet because she needs a chance or he to learn to like them. So the next thing I'll do when I'm planning out meals is I'll think about breakfast. And breakfast is an essential meal for the high-level gymnast. It gets them out of this energy protein deficit, which occurs from overnight and sleeping. It helps kind of restart that repair recovery process from the day before. Breakfast also signals to the brain that it's daytime. It's really important to kind of align our circadian rhythms, which is very important for hormone production, for mood, for gut health. So if your gymnast skips breakfast, you probably notice a couple things. Number one, she's probably exhausted at training or exhausted before she even goes to training if she has gym in the afternoon or evening. And number two, she may be one of those that if she skips breakfast, she's kind of okay at lunch. But when you get her after school, she is hangry. And depending how much time she has between school and gym, she may not be able to eat that much. So then when you pick her up from gym, she's like a little monster, right? It's, it's hangry. It's hungry and we're angry and you can't get food in her fast enough. The other thing is performance. And all the time I work with gymnasts who don't eat breakfast because they wake up and they're not hungry or they're just in a rush or whatever. And I'll say, look, I want you to experiment and I want you to eat something for breakfast for a week. And then we can decide if it's worth doing. And I want you to think about a couple things. I want you to think about how your concentration is during the day and at school and at gym. I want you to think about how your mood is. I want you to think specifically about your energy levels at practice. And I say, look, one week only. And if it doesn't work, then you don't have to keep doing breakfast. That's fine. I'll tell you today, I've never had a gymnast that doesn't feel better after 
doing something for breakfast. And when I work with clients one-on-one, we come up with really easy, tangible options, right? I don't expect you to make a gourmet breakfast every morning, especially before school or gym for your gymnast. And so when we come up with breakfast, I'll say, okay, you know, let's come up with three ideas of go-to breakfast that you know that you will eat. And let's make sure at least one of them is what I call a grab and go breakfast, right? It could be something as simple as, you know, grabbing a bagel with peanut butter and a banana and a protein drink, or even quicker, maybe it's something like a granola bar and a piece of fruit and a protein drink or a cup of milk, or even like a higher protein milk, like fair life, right? Um, it maybe isn't ideal. All those things may not quite be enough nutrition for them, but it is certainly better than the alternative to skipping breakfast. So I think just a little bit of pre-planning can help make sure that you have the necessary foods in the house to help your gymnast uh, be able to feed and fuel herself, right? Depending um, how old she is. And anytime I have a gymnast and parent that are working on breakfast, I just ask them to kind of run through the food groups in their head. And as they're coming up with examples, you know, what's the carb and the fruit source? What's the protein source? What's the fat source? And what is your source of dairy or some sort of calcium if you can't do dairy for some reason? It's really important that gymnasts get all the food groups because they all play a different role in terms of helping the gymnasts stay fueled and energized and supporting that ongoing process of repair and recovery. The next thing I'll do with them is I'll, you know, sit down and we'll think about lunch, which this is where we sometimes have to get really creative, especially if your gymnast is gone all day at the gym or she's gone all day at school and then she goes straight to the gym and someone picks her up. Um, I'm a big fan of kind of insulated food containers, right? When I was at school, really the only thing we had like that was a thermos. And I know that I never took anything in that because it really didn't keep it hot, right? I remember kids taking, I don't know, SpaghettiOs or chicken noodle soup or something, and it always being kind of lukewarm. And I, I take after my grandma. I like everything piping hot, um, extra toasty. That's just how I roll. But I will say that there's a lot of much higher quality food containers these days. Um, I often recommend ones from Swell or Hydro Flask. Um, they have really nice insulated bowls where you actually could put a good amount of food in there. Um, and it's the perfect thing for leftovers. So let's say you made like chicken alfredo with tortellini. That's a go-to easy recipe for me. I'll get fresh tortellini from somewhere like Sam's Club or Costco. If I'm buying it in bulk, I'll get a rotisserie chicken to shred the chicken. I'll have either fresh or frozen broccoli, and then I'll get refrigerated alfredo sauce, which I think tastes a lot better than the jarred stuff. And then of course, extra Parmesan cheese to put on it. And you can just cook all that assemble it together. It is delicious for dinner. It checks all the boxes when it comes to fueling the gymnast. And it's also super tasty leftover for lunch the next day. And it can be a really nice alternative to more of a cold lunch, kind of, you know, sandwich, fruit, veggie, couple carb options, that kind of thing. So as we approach, you know, school year, when you're listening to this, you may already be back in school or just life is super crazy busy with your gymnast schedule. I really encourage you to sit down and talk with them, right? I mean, I think oftentimes gymnasts and parents don't sit down to actually talk about this. And so if you talk to the parent, they say stuff like, well, she won't pack her lunch and she's lazy or she won't this, that, or the other. And then the gymnast separately will say, well, mom never has anything that I like and blah, blah, blah. Well, okay, you two need to get in the same room together and talk about what are some really easy, realistic lunch options. In my mind, you know, the three that come to mind are 
one leftovers. I love leftovers. So good. Whether it's like a Mexican bowl or, you know, Alfredo tortellini with chicken or any sort of leftover pasta, add a protein. Um, it doesn't have to have a veggie in it. You could have that on the side, soups, stews. Um, there's even a lot of great pre-made ones out there that you could include. So that could be an easy kind of go-to option. And then when you're planning your dinners, try to cook a little bit extra. That way you've got leftovers maybe for yourself for lunch. Yes. You as a parent need to eat lunch. Um, for your gymnast, for other people in the household. I think the second lunch option is just your standard kind of cold lunch, whether it's a turkey cheese sandwich or what I really like is a turkey cheese everything bagel with spinach, some garden cream cheese. So good. And it's a great lunch for the gymnast. Um, maybe your go-to, you know, peanut butter sandwich, peanut butter jelly, peanut butter banana, um, or you could even do something a little bit more con unconventional. I kind of call it like a snack plate meal where maybe it's just a bunch of items pieced together, right? Like your gymnast may have a Greek yogurt with fruit and granola. And then on the side, she has some veggies and pita chips and hummus. And maybe she has a cookie and, you know, we kind of use a collection of items to still make a balanced, adequate lunch, especially when maybe we're running low on groceries or we don't have leftovers from the week or your gymnast is just totally burnt out on sandwiches. So that in a nutshell is my strategy for planning dinners for the week, um, always having ingredients on hand for breakfast and lunches. And something that I think you really need to consider when you're planning out your meals and snacks is that satisfaction is a really important part of our eating and of us being able to listen to our bodies. And I think oftentimes parents feel the need to feed their athletes, you know, 100% clean or healthy meals like you know, brown rice and broccoli and chicken with maybe a little bit of olive oil. But here's the deal. If I were to give you that dinner when you were hungry, you would eat all of it and you probably wouldn't be physically hungry anymore. But I would say that most of us, whether we admit it or not, would then be in the pantry standing there looking for something else, right? And you may not even be able to verbalize what that something else is, or your hand may already be deep in the box of cereal or cookies or whatever, that right there is the difference between kind of physical hunger versus more taste and emotional hunger. And there's nothing wrong with any of those kinds of hunger. And if we change that meal, you know, if we said, okay, let's do cheese tortellini with Alfredo and broccoli and chicken, still a very balanced meal, still has protein, carbs, fat, color, some sort of calcium in it. But because it has the Alfredo sauce, it has the cheese tortellini, that kind of meal just has a lot more satisfaction. And so I'd say there's a lot greater chance that you would eat that. And if you eat to your fullness, you're, you're kind of happily full. And you may still want something maybe sweet after dinner, right? Maybe a piece of chocolate or a small cookie, but it's not like you're staring in the pantry eating 80 million other things, even though you're not hungry because mentally you are unsatisfied. So we want to make sure that we are strategically planning and introducing satisfying aspects to our meals and snacks, because that's just a really big part of us listening to our bodies. And along those same lines include um, really planning in what I call the fun foods, right? And I think a lot of gymnast parents are told, you know, your gymnast has to eat clean, they have to eat healthy, nothing packaged, nothing processed, no sugar, no high sodium, nothing refined. And so you feel like all you can give your kid is, you know, lean proteins and whole grains and fruits and veggies. And for some of you, you're like, oh my gosh, my kid is such a picky eater. She won't even eat that. And then what do I do? Like, I know she's not eating enough. So now you're all stressed out because you're like, well, not only am I not being a good parent and I'm not feeding her the right things, but I'm also concerned because I know she's not eating enough. And I just want to 
help calm you down and assuage your fears, it is so much more important to make sure that your gymnast is eating enough than just over-focusing on her eating healthy. Just like we talked in um, episode one, when we talked about normal nutrition versus performance nutrition, adequate fueling is the number one thing when it comes to fueling the gymnast and supporting optimal performance and longevity in the sport, right? A gymnast could have the healthiest diet in the world, but if it is inadequate or it's just not the right foods at the right time, it's it's not going to help her. And so I want you to calm down and I want you to realize that food does not have to be perfect, that your gymnast is on her own journey when it comes to food and learning to like different foods. Um, and you shouldn't feel one ounce of guilt or shame when it comes to what you prepare and serve your gymnast. Because yes, it's not that healthy foods don't matter, right? It's I'm not saying that fruits and veggies aren't important and nutrient density and anti-inflammatory foods. I'm not saying that at all, but the first priority, kind of the foundational nutrition needs to be adequate. And so that may just be making sure you're giving your child foods that you know they like that are considered kind of safe foods to them to make sure that they're getting enough nutrition, especially when they're training 20, 25 plus hours a week. And I will say that if your child is hungry, good luck trying to get them to eat new foods, right? They're not going to be in a great mental state if they're just overly hungry. And so that's why, you know, when you are introducing foods that um, they don't yet like, or they're learning to like, it's really strategic to give them that new food on their plate that has at least, you know, two safe foods on it that, you know, they're going to eat. And I like to try to pick at least like the protein and the carb to make sure they're getting that at minimum. And then if they don't eat the veggie, you know, it's, it's whatever, right. It's, it's really not going to affect them, um, in the acute sense. I mean, yes, we want them to learn to like those things, um, but getting enough nutrition, getting the carbs, getting the protein, getting some healthy fats. Um, that's certainly more of the focus that we should have. So hopefully this has been really helpful. Um, Definitely in future episodes, we'll talk more about um, what I call food parenting and kind of whose role is whose when it comes to eating and feeding. Um, We'll probably have a whole episode on picky eating and kind of this spectrum of, you know, we work with kids who have um, sensory issues when it comes to food and they may only eat, you know, eight or 10 safe foods versus you know, maybe your kid doesn't yet eat things like broccoli and Brussels sprouts, but they still will eat, you know, several fruits and vegetables and a wide variety of proteins and grains. And so while you might consider them picky, I would say by definition, they're probably doing pretty well for their age. Um, so definitely stay tuned. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform that you're listening to. Um, we're always welcome to questions for um, additional podcast ideas. Um, and in summary, I hope you took away that meal planning doesn't have to be um, stuffy. It doesn't have to be stressful. Um, it can take you maybe five or 10 minutes each week, and it can really be a great blueprint for you not only doing the grocery shopping and help you save money by not buying um, all these extra things that you're not going to eat or are going to go bad before you eat them, but it also can help take away some of the stress and overwhelm. And the question that we all ask ourselves, right, at 6 or 6.30, um, what's for dinner, right? So with that, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.
If you liked this episode and you want some more help and support, you can download our free guide, the Busy Gym Parents Guide to Meal Planning. Um, this has some of our favorite um, just go-to recipes in it, gives some examples of how to repurpose different ingredients. I include some of my favorite kitchen tools and gadgets that can just streamline uh, meal planning and meal preparation. And I hope you find that super helpful. So we'll put the link in the show notes um, and feel free to grab that guide to help support you in fueling your gymnast. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast, sponsored by the Balanced Gymnast Method course. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss out on any episodes. You can find any links that we mentioned in the show notes of the episode and also how you can work with us. If you're looking to learn to fuel your gymnast for optimal performance without the stress or overwhelm, feel free to email us if you have any questions. You can reach us at support at christinaandersonrdn.com. Share what's going on and we'll get back to you. Or you can learn more about our program by going to our website, christinaandersonrdn.com slash work with us. Bye for now.